And we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. Me and Ryan back here to recap the merge episode of Survivor Season 43, Episode 6. We've made it to the merge. Uh, I mean, I guess you want to consider it a 12-person merge since it was earn your way into the merge. But for 13 people to be vying for a spot at the merge was certainly a lot. But I have to say it did not disappoint. Uh, I really like the episode, and I'm excited to talk about it tonight. How are you doing, Ryan? Dylan, it's like Xander coined a few seasons ago. Uh, it's mergatory. People were using that phrase once again. It's uh, purgatory between the merge and the pre-merge. It's this new, uh, weird one vote events but no i mean i thought it was a great episode we were talking offline probably my favorite episode of the season uh the second best one would be maybe the Lindsay vote from a few weeks ago where that was a complete blindside to her and to the viewers um but no i, mean, I think that, i thought this was the best episode of the season because you had a lot of drama within the baka tribe that i can't wait to go over you had some advantages being hinted at people are now trying to figure out where the pieces lie on the board we thought we were going to see a baka Bessie link up now we might see other people link up so it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens now that we are officially at the merge yeah so my question to you was was it was it xander in 41 who current who coined the mergatory term or was it tiffany i'll go back and look i thought it was xander i, th- I thought that's where xander had the confessional where he was like this is mergatory yeah, I don't know. I don't remember which it was. A- anyway, let's get on to this episode, episode six, merge episode, Survivor season 43. Let's get right into it. Um, Ellie voted out uh, in this episode. I think, uh, you know, Ellie was certainly a roller coaster throughout this season. Um, I think she had a good first few episodes. People thought she'd go really far in this game. And then slowly but surely, it all came crashing down. Uh starting all the way back to when uh, she tried to basically like convince Gabler that his idol was like no good. Um, And, and ever since, ever since she, she completely assumed that Gabler like couldn't read it, her game just completely crumbled. So I mean, uh, look, we're, we're here now. Ellie does not technically does not make the merge. She's not on the jury. And what do you have to say about that? I mean, look, I mean, Gabler is, a little bit out there he's a little bit kooky but he is still a heart valve specialist i mean we shouldn't I, i've always said like we shouldn't diminish um his intelligence because clearly he knows what he's doing in terms of his career now in survivor that's a whole different story but you no know, ellie is somebody to me where this felt like the ellie episode where it, we, we always say we don't want to get misled by the edit and we can kind of read it sometimes but when a whole episode is focused on this one person it's basically a whole arc of her saying I feel like I'm doing better than I thought in this game all the way to her getting voted out. I mean, it really felt like this was her arc. I mean, again, like you think about like a Drew Christie episode or you think about an episode that's all about like um, maybe like Jeremy and Sam Wandel Sir or whatnot. But like you knew Ellie was going to get the ax here. Um, And yeah, she started out really strong. I thought Ellie has a lot of potential. I mean, Jay mentions in the chat that she's someone who – like a Kelly Wentworth could get considered possibly for like a second chance season if they do that again for the new era. But yeah, she just came out a little too hard and a little too sloppy ever since she wanted to try to deceive Gabler. And then she started spilling stuff to Sammy. It all started to just spiral downhill. Yeah. Now, before I get into my thoughts on that, just want to remind everyone that if you're watching, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel. If you haven't already really helped us out, but yeah, Ellie, um, as look, anybody who's watching this podcast, I'm sure knows. If you were wa- if you were watching live, like you know, or if you're watching at any time, and you saw Ellie go, I'm sort of feel like I'm getting really good at this game. That's when the red flags start to turn, the sirens start to go off, and you're like, "All right, Ellie has a chance to go home tonight." Uh, I thought for a second she was maybe gonna escape uh, by, and and maybe she was gonna be in trouble next week, and you know that was just gonna be the start of her crash, but. Yeah, she crashed pretty fast. Um, you know, there was just, it was just complete chaos. Like, once the challenge ended, I think one good thing about the hourglass being done, besides the fact that it's just like a terrible twist, um, is the fact that, like, you know, you still have to earn your way into the merge. So that means that there's still six people, uh, only six people on the chopping block, I should say. But the entire, uh, the entire merge votes still. So, 
because of that, because there are such limited targets, I feel like there's not an easy vote at the merge, if that makes sense. It's like you have to think more deeply. You have people on different sides who are safe and, you know, it's across alliances and stuff like that. Some people who are safe, some people who aren't. And just makes it for a lot more complicated of a vote. And I really enjoy the fact that even though it was just an hour episode last night, we got like a good 15, 20 minutes of just strategy talk and people going back and forth and back and forth. And Ellie goes and talks, talks, you know, she wants to get James out. And then she's telling uh, James she wants to get Cody out. And then like, you know, and then Gabler and her are fighting and she's going back to Owen and Sammy. And just There was so much going on, but like, I love that. I love seeing the strategy. I love the fact that like there were, you know, I, I think it's it's good for the long term that there were no advantages played yet. I think that we could possibly see, you know, s- something big happen there later. I didn't want Ellie to get saved, um, not just because, like, I, I thought she deserved to go home, but also, like, Janine, I think, made the right move to keep her idle because, in my opinion, you can't be playing an idol for somebody before you technically hit the merge. If she had played the idol for Ellie, all it would have done is it just would have, kept it the target would have been on janine and ellie next week like that's all it would have done so mm. i think it was the right move for janine not to play her idol for ellie and just let her go but yeah I, I think ellie deserved to go home so you know and it was a good job by all the people who executed that plan yeah i mean i think it's an interesting debate because you always have people saying is it worth having your idol or an ally and people always say it's better to have an ally and someone you know you can trust over an idol which you either can misplay or you could not play and go home with it so i think it's an interesting debate i see your point though where it's like it would just further heighten janine's threat level and in a game where sammy their own former tribe, Sammy and Owen and Gabler, don't trust the girls at all. It's not like that they were Baca strong. They were already looked at kind of with one eye from the guys. So all this would have done was save Delhi for one more vote. And yeah, in Survivor, people always say you just need one more day, which could flip the tides. But I mean, it would just really make them look even more of a tight pair, which has happened to other people who have played their idols on their number one allies before. Um, and I think you're, you're right in a sense where I feel like, I mean, the hourglass is terrible. So we're so glad it's gone. And as you go through the episode, you, when we get to the immunity challenge, you, we see people clap when Jeff's like, there's no, no uh, twist. People are like, all right, thank God, no, no more hourglass. But I feel like it's a bit of a trade-off where on one hand, you're right. There's a lot of drama when half the cast is safe. And because people feel very vulnerable, because you went from a one in 13 shot of going home to now a six and 13 shot of going home basically at 50 percent shots people get very vulnerable and scared and it causes people to play more haphazardly and creates more drama so i think that's good on the other hand when you have only half the cast available there are less variables like basically there are less variables in terms of how many votes can you go to different people because everyone's voting but only six of them can get votes so i think it's a bit of a trade-off i still don't love earn the merge but if i have to have it it's better this way than it's been yeah, I do agree with that. Um, I'm fine with earn the merge and earn the merge because, as I said, I think it creates less targets and therefore it's just better for the actual vote. Um, do you have the numbers on the? On yeah. the I believe. Well, okay, you, you want to go through it quick? Yeah. So we have 13 people at this tribal council, but if you remember, uh, Jesse and Janine can't vote due to the uh, risky. We never got an official name. Ship wheel, risky rock. Uh, bet your vote whatever island so they can't vote so it's 11, 11 votes total and ellie is voted out seven to two to one to one so the seven ellie votes are cassidy cody dwight gabler james ryan and sammy so gabler and sammy from her own tribe kind of flip on her and then it looks like most of coco votes together and cody votes her out then the two votes for James are Owen and Elliot. So Ellie sticks with the plan to get rid of James and Owen sticks with her as an ally of hers to vote out James. Cassidy votes for Noel and then Owen votes for Carla. So those are the vote counts. Wait, Ca- Cassidy votes for Noel and then Carla votes for Owen. Yeah. I, yeah. Carla votes, right, I right, right. Carla votes for Owen. Yeah. Okay. So I think what happened here is that it was like they were just like protecting in case idols were played, right? So it was like it was like um or like shot in the dark. So and, and you know it's crazy with the shot in the dark now. So okay, you have to assume okay if Ellie ends up safe from either an idol or shot in the dark, who's gonna go next? So I'm guessing that 
Owen put the second vote on James to make sure that he had the second most amount of votes. Um, if for some reason he had an idol, then they threw votes towards Owen or, and then, then the vote was thrown towards Owen and who was the other person that got a vote? Noel. Yeah. So, uh, no, 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 no. Noel voted for Cassidy. No, 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 Cassidy, Cassidy. Right, right, right. So Noel voted for Cassidy. Right. So just, I would say that spare votes were probably just thrown just to prevent chaos. If I should, if, or, yeah, or so basically or, or not, not, not prevent chaos in case of chaos, I should say. Yes. Yeah. I think it's for an idol. I mean, you could also argue it's for the shot in the dark, but I've seen a bunch of people from 41 and 42 and 43 admit like, yeah, half the time I forgot I even had it. Like it's something that people forget they even have. We've seen it be played four or five times. It's never worked once. So I think it's mainly to prevent against, okay, if someone plays an idol or in this case, Janine plays an idol to save Ellie, we don't want it to bounce back on us. So Owen, you're right. Owen votes with Ellie to vote against James in case of an idol play. So he's protecting himself. And the reason why Carla votes for Owen is because, well, if I can't get Ellie and Janine is safe because her half won the challenge, the next best thing to weaken Ellie would be Owen. So that's why Owen gets a vote. The only vote I can't figure out is Noelle's vote for Cassie. And I assume that's also because of the idol and just throw us a rogue vote onto Cassidy in case like Janine or in case um, or in case what's it called? Ellie maybe voted for Cassidy as well. So basically everyone votes for Cassidy except for Owen and Ellie. And then Noel and Carla are just throwing votes to prevent for idols. So yeah, I, I think pretty much everyone was in on the plan except, except for, except uh, for uh, Owen and Ellie and, and Janine. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, 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 because I... well, because Jesse couldn't vote. So Owen and Ellie weren't in on the plan and uh, Janine wasn't in on the plan, but she couldn't vote. So I think Owen wasn't on the plan, but I think he threw an extra vote on James in case of an idol. Poss possibly, yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. So I think he was, because him and Sammy have been tight, right? So it wouldn't make sense for them to vote separately, in my opinion. True. I, I mean, I would assume that's correct. But... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, okay. Right. So, yeah, I think Owen was in on it. I think also uh, one thing that we have to talk about is before we get to, like, the chronological order of the episode and go over each thing that happened... I think that this vote went really well for Owen and Sammy. That's assuming that Owen was in on the plan, obviously. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, it was the right move for them to get rid of Ellie because Ellie was, you know, obviously Gabler is telling Ellie that Sammy told uh, him about the bag going through and then Ellie's running back to them saying, uh, Gabler, say, what do you guys do this for? And it was just like she was causing so much chaos. It was like, all right, if you're if they're if the Baca, if any Bacas are gonna move forward in the game, they need to get each other out and then oh and then move on with the rest of the game because there was too much chaos being caused. So I think that, you know, given the chaos that was Ellie, they could not continue with her. Um, and they could not risk her possibly blowing up their game uh by giving sharing the information that they were that they that she, by sharing the information that they told Gabler that she went through the bag, if that makes sense. So yeah, I, I think it was, I think it was the right move to get out Ellie for them. Yeah, well. I mean, in in her final words, she's like, you know, Gabler is the reason why I'm here. And I texted you this. I was like, Gabler is part of the reason she's here, but she's also mainly here because of Sammy too. Because not only did Sammy really, I mean, Sammy voted her out, and he he and Owen kind of. Well, Owen voted with Ellie. But the, the point, though, was that Sammy obviously voted her out. And the biggest reason why Gabler didn't trust her is because Sammy ran back and told Gabler everything Ellie told him. Oh, uh, they went through your bag? Okay, I'm going to tell Gabler. Um, Janine has a bead idol? I'm going to go tell Gabler. So Gabler's to blame, of course, but Sammy also is a big reason why Ellie's gone. And, and, and honestly... You're right, Dylan. This tribe is a, is a mess. We, we, we keep saying this season is like a train wreck like a bone, but it really comes down to these Baca people. I mean, Shannon Gus said it on Twitter the best. She goes, we've been waiting five weeks for the Baca implosion. It did not disappoint. They've all aired their secrets to everyone. They, in, they share secrets in front of other people. They openly fight. They vote on different sides. They come in with the most people. Then they go vote their, themselves out when they had two idols, and then they take shots at each other on the way out. It's like... Like, basically, you have, like, the Kasaya group from Panama as, like, the craziest, best tribe ever. Then you have the villains, and then you have, like, Baca. Like, Baca is a complete mess, and it made for great TV. Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. 
Um, also like it, like, you know, it's Gabler, Gabler just being chaotic is not the only reason why Ellie went home. Like no. she, she, uh, she was she did not handle Gabriel Gabler well at all throughout the entire game and it came back to bite her. So I think it's just like a you know a message that if you go on Survivor, uh sometimes if you don't like somebody personally or somebody's giving you a hard time, you gotta just like take a back seat. Like it you just gotta deal with it. Um yeah. And, but yeah. and the last thing before we get through the episode chronologically, um, because people were asking on Twitter, well, does Gabler's ironically back to Gabler? Does his idol have power? Because technically, this is the second travel he's went to, but he wasn't eligible to go home. So, does this count, or does he still have another tribal? And Dalton Ross confirmed on Twitter his idol has no more power because even though he was safe from his team winning, because he still could have played it on somebody else, his idol he basically had two tribals where it could be used. So, Gabler's idol is now done. And we can then check off one idol from Owen's advantage list from earlier. So, yeah. Speaking of Owen's advantage list, you know, let's get out to how this episode started. So obviously it was the merge, but right after that, we get a confessional from Owen where he basically tells us who, who has what advantage. And obviously, you know, it was from his perspective. He left out that Carla had an advantage because he doesn't know that yet. She has an idol. Um, and there was one other thing. That, oh, he didn't know about Cody's idol. Right. Yeah, so the, the producers had to add both of those in. Again, funny little fourth wall breaking, but luckily they gave us a list, so that was helpful for viewers who, again, lose track of things. But this should show, Dylan, this should show CBS, you have you have too many advantages. If you have to show it on the screen in a list of six, like I, I took a picture on my phone, Dylan, that I'll pull up on the podcast really quickly, but like if you have to do this, like a giant list, <laughs> that means it's too much. If you want to have advantages, have one idol at each beach. So you have three, and maybe at, at, at a immunity challenge on the sit-up bench, throw like one advantage in there. That, that's all you need. You don't need to have six different things. It's, it's They should really understand that this is too much. Yeah, and, and speaking of that, this is going to lead me into my rant, um, which I have been waiting to unleash on this podcast uh the next scene we see is noel mentioning that cody you know collected beads for hat he's so fun because you know he wore this hat to tribal council collected beads and obviously that's revealing to ellie that cody has the idol because every single beach had the same challenge so you know everybody sits here and talks about and tweets and you know social media podcasts everyone's talking about why is everybody telling each other everything even if people were like keeping everything a secret, it would probably get out anyway, right? Because let's just say that one person, let's just say that, you know, obviously they have the same bead challenge on all three beaches. Let's just say that everybody tries to keep it a secret, okay? First mm -hmm. of all, I think that's impossible given what the challenge was. I don't, I don't think you're going to get three Carlas where she somehow manages to get all the beads without telling anybody about it, right? So let's just say one other person out of all three beaches beside the people who found the beware advantage know about the about the beads, right? So it's the mm -hmm. people who found it plus one other person. All it takes is for that one other person to, you know, to basically hear somebody else talking about the beads. Like, for example, if that one person had heard Noel talking they immediately know, okay, the idol's there. And then they could go up to other people and be like, hey, uh, did you happen to get beat? Did you happen to get a bead taken from you? And then immediately, oh, uh, oh, Carla gave it to me. Uh, Carla like, took my bead. Okay, well, now you know Carla has the idol. So I think that Survivor really screwed up by putting the same challenge on all three beaches because it's impossible, basically, to keep it a secret. And everybody's going to know where the idols are. Carla, in my opinion, did a great, great job of keeping that a secret. Yet, literally all somebody has to do, and I, they didn't show this in the episode, but I guarantee it's out already. Um, all somebody has to do is go up to somebody who knows what the challenge, the, the beware advantage is. All they have to do is go up to somebody on blue and be like, uh, who took your bead? Oh, oh, Carla, Carla took my bead. She was making some art project. Uh, and then that's it. Everybody knows that Carla has the idol now. So I think that's ultimately going to happen to Carla. And the beware advantage, yeah, of course it's called beware for a reason, but like, 
Just go back to the days where you could just find an idol and it's yours. Like that would be okay, honestly. And I think it would, you know, result in better TV um, when the idols actually played um, because everybody knowing that everybody has an idol is not good because it's the idol's not going to be played in a shocking way, probably. Like everybody knows it's coming. So, you know, that's my rant. I think Survivor really screwed up with that. It's going to happen in 44 also. And, you know, we have to go back to the days that people that not everybody knows about everybody's idol. And that's not only on the people who are telling everybody else about their advantages. It also is on production who is making it almost impossible for them to be a secret. Dylan, I mean, if we're not doing her in the merge, if we're not doing beware advantages, it's not dangerous and fun. It's not new school survivor. Um, but no, I mean, I do agree. And I think it's a really interesting debate because We've been talking about it from a TV perspective mainly, where we've been talking about, is it fun to watch three different people three weeks in a row do the same beware challenge with the beats? The first time it was really cool with Cody. Second time with Carla, I'm like, okay, this is cool because, you know, Carla's doing it by herself instead of uh, Cody enlisting the help of Jesse and Neca. Three times in a row, I'm like, all right, this is getting a little bit tired. And I think that's the problem people have with the new era of 41 and beyond is that even though there are some good ideas, the problem is that when you have the same thing back to back, cause Jeff's like, Oh, well the last season didn't, I'm sorry, the current season didn't see what happened last season. So we're going to try new things out and see how they react in theory. That's good. But in practice, it just means that for the viewers, you're essentially having to see the same thing over and over again. And it kind of makes this new school era or the, the post COVID era feel like it's a each season feels like a carbon copy of each other three tribes no swaps or in the merge it feels like all carbon copied so that's not good you're bringing it up from a game perspective you're saying well now this puts carla and it is does say beware but it puts her in a very bad spot because all it takes is for noelle to say to somebody else like to to james or to cassidy hey there's cody with his uh bead idol not his bead idol but his bead hat and then they'll be like oh wait but carla asked for our beads too so i do think it provides some risk I think Carla obviously did a great job of keeping it a secret because she's been playing very well. I mean, you argue that she kind of got a little lucky here where Noelle mentions it to Ellie and Ellie runs and tells Janine and Sammy, but no one on Coco seems to know yet. So as long as it doesn't get back to them, they're good. Unless Carla does such a great job um, damage control, then I, th I think she'll be fine. But I can see your point where it's like this – Carla has to hope this doesn't get back to the former Cocos because this could put her in a bad spot unless she's able to spin it. And I think, and I think that's also one last thing is that that's the mark of a great player where as we see later with Sammy, the great players, even if they come under fire, they can spin it where people still trust them. I watched Ellie's exit interview today and she was like, even when I went back to Sammy and I was like, like, why does Gabler, why is Gabler sharing these secrets? Like, how does he know about this? And clearly Sammy's like, crap, my spot's blown up. Sammy apparently kind of calmed her down in a way and spun it where she wasn't like overly mad at him or she didn't like blame him that much. So if Carla has like a similar skill set, even even if James Cassidy and Ryan find out about the beads, if she can handle it, she might be able to just spin it and she'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, that is possible. And and yeah, I want to make it clear because Jay is up pointing out in the chat. Like, yeah, the beware advantages, like I think it, it is a fun aspect. Uh, I just think, as Jay also says here, it would have been solved if there were just uh, three different tasks on each on each tribe, right? Because if beads were on one, then nobody on the other tribe, if they didn't have the beads, would know what that means, right? So if one person had, you know, to do beads, another person had to say a phrase. I don't, I don't know. I'm just making. I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm not saying bring the phrase back. I'm just saying no. you know, different tasks. Yeah, <laughs> different different tasks. But so yeah, that would solve the issue. So you know, just want to uh, clear that out before we move on here. Uh, within the episode but yeah now people know that uh cody has the idol that's pretty pretty much out there um even though ellie went home now so but janine knows um and now before the challenge so uh jeff explained that you know this was going to be earn the merge but it was going to be without the hourglass twist basically so it was just two tribes doing a challenge uh winner is safe loser goes to tribal council and you called this so credit to you Noelle had to pick a side because she drew the gray rock and she had to bet on who she thought was going to, you know, win the challenge. So I like that aspect. I always think it's cool for the person that gets, you know, the gray rock and has to sit out to do that. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's, um, <laughs> it's so funny because, you know, Noelle is so, she's, I mean, granted, Noelle's a competitor. She's a, she's a Paralympian. She plays a lot of sports. So she is a competitor. She wants to play, but I couldn't believe she was like upset when she drew the gray rock and the other players were like, Oh, Noelle, I'm so sad for you. And when it's like, Noel, you don't you don't have to compete. You have all you have to do is just bet on who wins. And granted, you could argue, well, her fate's not in her own hands, but it's not like it's individual immunity and she lost her shot at, at individual. Like it's a team-based challenge that anybody could screw up. And she basically just gets to pick somebody and not have to compete. Um, but no, I mean I, I thought they, they handled it pretty well. And the tribes were pretty even. I know Noel even said to Jeff, like, I don't know who to pick. I was going to ask you, do you think she picked the right group? I mean, okay, sorry. Armchair quarterback. She obviously picked the right group because they won. But do you think her decision to pick that group was the correct one? I think yes. Because if you think about who was on what tribe, you had Dwight, Gabler, Carla, Janine, Jesse, and Ryan on one group. And then you have Ellie, Owen, Sammy, Cody, Cassidy, and James, which are pretty even groups overall, both physically and puzzle-wise. But if you think about it, her alliance on um Vessi is on blue Dwight and Jesse so I, I feel like that's why she mainly went with blue even though they were pretty evenly split she wanted to go with her number one Dwight and then Jesse's kind of close with her as well I feel like that's why she went that direction yeah I, I think that I think that makes sense right I, I there is there is definitely some strategy to picking it despite like in addition to who you just think is going to win right so her alliance was on blue she chose blue right that that makes sense I think but um, I guess, but I guess you could argue though, if she picks blue and they lose, you now have a three and seven shot of your ally, of you or your allies going home. So you might you might argue, well, maybe should she have picked red? Because then the only person she's there with is Cody, which is like, okay, well, if Cody goes, it's not a big problem to her. But if if it's her or Dwight or Jesse, she could be in a bad spot. So I I'd be curious to know if people think strategically, is it the right move to go with your alliance member in this choice, or is it better to? separate yourselves because at least one of you will be safe yeah that that's an interesting question I, I don't even know if i know the answer to that yet i think maybe this needs like a bigger sample size i would say of like scenarios and things that play out in order for like me to make a, a me to have like a opinion mm -hmm. that i think is definitely correct um like you said you could split yourself up and then this way at least some of you are safe and some of you aren't um because really it's like if you're going all in on one tribe, you could all be, you could either all be safe or all be screwed. So it's like, go big or go home. Uh, if that makes it, sense. You know it's like, you know it's like going also, all in. But it would make more sense. And, and I'm, I'm not, now I'm going to think about this after the podcast. If it was a situation where the losing tribe was vulnerable, but only they could vote, like if only there were seven votes, then it would make sense. Cause then you control half the votes basically. So then it would make more sense. I'm now wondering, was it the right move? because she should have split herself up from Dwight's, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess everything worked out for her, so <laughs> there's not yeah, much. And, to and, I'm, just, and yeah. I'm just laughing because Kay Benia points out as we get to see blue win that Carla hurt her hand and Jeff was just like, let's just keep going. Carlos, you're fine. Yeah. I, I was like waiting for, I was waiting for like, I, I didn't think they were going to stop the challenge obviously, but I was waiting for like her to get up the ramp. And then, like, then to like bring in medical while the rest of the challenge is being played out to like look at her hand, or at least, or at least after. And then, like, we see after she didn't have like I thought she was gonna at least have like not like a cast, but like at least like a wrap on it, which she, she didn't really have. She had she like had a, in um in, it was like a bandage or something. She had like a small bandage, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, that looks pretty. It looks pretty painful. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Carla for powering through that challenge, and and shout out to Ryan for doing some crazy stuff during that challenge. <laughs> He's doing yeah. a full-fledged Spider-Man. I mean, people on Twitter were like, like, it, well, first of all, when he first did his idea, I liked it. Because when he first climbs up the rope ladder, he hangs on with one arm because he's pretty strong. And then he holds his other arm down to kind of like hoist people up. But it's not really working because it's a steep ramp. So what does he do? He goes upside down and, and he locks his, his legs. And people were like, well, how does that help? I think when you lock your legs like that, like your forearms kind of get more... I guess locked is the right term. And I feel like that's where people can like more easily climb up there. I feel like. Right. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't even know. I, I, it was crazy though. It was insane. I, I think one thing with, one thing with Ryan, if we want to talk about him quickly while we have this opportunity, I, honestly, okay. we're, we're moving, we're moving right into it. So it honestly makes sense, but they go to the merge feast after, after the blue, blue tribe wins, they go to the merge 
uh, feast and you know, everyone's talking like, oh, uh, I don't want this person to go home. I don't want this person to go home. And then Ryan just stands up and goes, this is the final seven right here. And I'm like, I, I was like, I was like, is this, everyone's looking like, is this, is this serious? Like, first of all, first of all, we're not in season three. Second of all, like other times where this has happened on a reward, it's been like final seven and four people go on our, or, and four people go on a reward and three people are left back at camp and they're like, Oh, us final four, you know, but, that, but that's in the final seven or final, even eight where five people are making an alliance or four people are making an alliance. This is a final 13 and he is expecting them seven to just pick off one by one, uh, the next six to make for, uh, what would be the most boring season of survivor of all time. <laughs> I mean, like I, what, what was he thinking? I mean, Dylan, this to me was baffling this whole segment because you have three people doing insane things and first of all as a side note i think one reason why ryan did it even though i think ryan ryan is just making all of us ryan's look bad as i say each and every week um he had a good first few episodes and then after the, the Lindsay episode it's just been downhill from there um there was a secret scene where he, he ryan apparently is kind of like roxroy where he's very focused on like helping around camp doing different tasks around camp being strong but kind of like isolating himself and i think he actually in the secret scene that like baka long story short baka had like a branch on the beach that was very like branchy and like tangled where they would dry their clothes and ryan without asking cut it down to make a wind shelter or whatever it was called and i think he kind of got some bad looks so i'm wondering if him um asking for a final seven was maybe like like a panic move like oh i'm in a bad spot at the merge let me see if i can kind of just get some numbers behind me maybe that's what it came down to but i mean either way dylan i don't know why ryan would think to do this whatsoever um right, so that right, was bad. yeah you you could you could like quote unquote hit the panic button and but like you have to do it in a different way right it's of like course, absolutely it's like, it's like yeah. yeah it's like you, you can't like say that's like people who are like across like 20 different alliances all at once right that that was, that was crazy so yeah so that's yes so that was that was bad then you have like you just said um people sharing who they want to keep safe which it, it blows my mind that people in a group like when you just merge you have just met these people less than a day ago that you admit to them who you don't want to go home in a group of seven at the merge when secret alliances are better than public alliances. Like, it's, again, like you said, it's one thing if you are talking at the water well and it's like Ellie, Cody, and James, and they say to like each other, okay, let's build a circle of trust. You know, I, I'm good with this person. I'm good. Like, if you, if you say it in a smaller setting, that's good because you always want people to be your advocate. You want people to if you're not in a conversation like or if you're off on shipwheel island you want people to vouch for you so that way you're not out of the loop because the worst thing you can have is where you're not you're out of the loop and people are like well can we just get rid of dylan he had the time let's just get rid of dylan because you never want people i think adam once said you never want people to think about what the game is like without you there and i think that's why you want advocates in this game but the fact that you would publicly share okay i want to keep cody safe tonight oh i would prefer Fally safe like what what are you what are they doing in this moment and then the gabler moment with the bag search was just the icing on top of this crazy feast yeah yeah and then uh to to quote gabler um he says uh l- let me you know what you know what now we're we're gonna have to bring up the clip because i think it was it. like it, 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 it was an iconic clip uh gabler says in a confessional and i'll bring it up right here let's let's get it let's get it yep. up here by throwing out Ellie's name, I was trying to throw out Ellie's name. Survivor know-it-all right there. Cheers. So, yeah, I that, that was a crazy moment. Um, I, I think Gabler, like, I don't, I don't necessarily think he did, like, a terrible job at the end, I guess, because he guess he got what he wanted. But, like, nobody trusts him now. Everyone knows he's just he's whack. Like he he's Gabler. He's that's who he is. He's he's gonna be a complete wild card every single week. I think that and I think that in a in a big merge scenario like this, where a lot of things could go a lot of different ways, I don't know what the motivation is to keep Gabler around if you're anybody. It's so Going tough. Be, 
it's well, it's so tough because and Gabler technically isn't wrong. I mean, they did go through his bag. They did plot against him to take him out with his own idol if he didn't know the rules. Like, um, he's not incorrect. The problem. You good? Do I have a? I have a call coming in. I'm on do not. This is ridiculous. I'm on do not. I'm on do not disturb. And I have and I have a call coming in, right? So I guess I guess do is, not. Is, do it, not, is it Gabler? Is, is it Mike it, Gabler? It is, it is not. It is not Gabler calling and. Do not disturb, I guess, doesn't work. So that's that's annoying. But anyway, back to what you were saying. But all, all I was just saying was it's tough because he's not incorrect. They, the girls did search his bag. They were plotting against him. But it was just the complete wrong situation because you piss off Ellie. And he's lucky that Ellie's not on the jury. But you piss off Ellie. You piss off Janine. Owen and Sammy don't want to trust you really going forward. And everyone else that's at the feast is like, well, Gabler said that about someone from his tribe that he knew for the first 11 days – what is he going to say about me if I don't pick him for reward or yeah, what? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, we're having a lot of people in the comments say, uh, well, you could keep Gabler around because no one's voting for him at the end. Yes, that's true. But here's a different thing. Here's the thing in Survivor. You have to weigh, is it more risky to, like, is is the risk worth the reward, right? So by keeping Gabler in, you're risking a complete wild card. You're risking... Uh, somebody who could blow up your game by saying one different thing. Um, obviously the reward is high, right? The reward is you go to final count tribal council with Gabler and you're guaranteed that he's not getting any votes probably. Right. Mm -hmm. um, more votes to you. But at the same time, it's like, why, like how stressful is that? Do I want to stress, like stress about Gabler being crazy and saying the wrong thing to somebody else for 12 more votes or 10 more votes or whatever it is throughout the game. Like, to me, it's like I would probably just get him out. You know, I think I actually think here. Actually, I think this is what the move is. I think if you're like a Sammy and an Owen, and you have Gabler in your back pocket, I think the the right move is to like try to get him to go, try to get him through a few more votes. So you have him another number, and then like I think it. And then I think you caught him at like final nine ish because right technically he's in your alliance, right? he could give you a number, but also like you don't want to be in a good spot and him to just like, be like, I'm Gabler and I need to make a big move. I didn't come out here to just stay with the same people and be dragged around. And there's all of a sudden he's just voting another way for no reason. I think mm -hmm. that's the big risk, right? Somebody like that could, could sink your game. Like, I don't know if you want to keep that around, even though like people in the comments are voting out, he could be a goat option. I, I think it's a good discussion to have because he's somebody who is, most likely not getting any votes at the end. I mean, he's somebody who you probably can pencil in as one of the only people in this game that's left that's drawing dead. You could argue Ryan's getting pretty close, but he's the only one where I could say, I, I don't think Gabler is going to win this game. So yes, bring him to the end. You secure a goat. You can be in the final vote. Problem is, like you said, rational players want to play with rational players. So if you have somebody on the game board that you can't control that could sink your game on a whim, that's very dangerous. That's number one. Number two, um, I mean, this is what happened with Sari in Panama. You take out someone like Courtney where it's like, if everyone wants to bring Gabler to the end, like if Sammy wants to bring him, Noel wants to bring him, Owen wants to bring him, that takes away one of your spots. That takes away a seat that could be for you. So I think it's a very tough debate whether you think Gabler is someone you want to bring to the end or like you say – He's in my back pocket. Like Sammy and Owen have no reason to get out Gabler now because he is so loyal to them after Sammy has fed him all of this information on the girls. If you want, keep Gabler for the next several votes until final four, final five. Maybe at that point, if you feel like, you know what, he's just going to take up one of my spots. I have to cut. Like if Sammy says, okay, I'm a physical threat at the final five, people are going to gun for me. They want to bring Gabler to the end. If I win immunity tonight, maybe I should get out Gabler. So I can still secure a spot in there. So I think it's a really interesting debate whether you bring someone who's a goat for sure or is somebody a goat, but they're so chaotic that they could really sink your game. Yeah, I think it is an interesting debate. But to go through some other stuff that happened, it was like Ellie was all over the place, right? It was like you just you just came on the beach with these people. You don't know how you don't know most of them. And yet you are going around and giving out decoy targets, right? So, like to me, it's like sometimes you just have to lay low and let and, and be and you know panic less, even though it's hard, right? It's like mm -hmm. you got to just let the numbers go where they may, and then figure out a way to make a move. It's like 
once she started throwing out Cody's name and James's name and like they kind of figured it out, it was like it, that was over, it was over for her, right? Um, also, um, I know a lot of people and, and rightfully so are giving a ton of credit for James who kind of just saw through Ellie the entire time. Right. Yeah. And, and that was really, that's really impressive. Right. He, he had never, he, he did not interact with Ellie before this moment, basically. Right. Um, and he is, be, is able to read a lie right away. James is really, really good. Like he, he is really, really good. Him and Carla could, are going to do a lot of damage at this merge. And I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I mean, James is somebody who I think is playing a more quiet game and somebody who, at least to the cameras, because sometimes they don't portray who's doing the most out there. But, I mean, they are showing James to be a bit more under the radar than Carla is, where Carla seems to be the one that's making more of the moves. But it really does feel like it's an equal partnership. I mean, I would say James and Carla are definitely some top contenders in this game. You could argue uh, from early on, Jesse might still be like a, a candidate and maybe even Sammy. And I mean, I, I mean, Cassidy's in the mix. So there's a bunch of people that can still win this game. Owen obviously is still an early favorite for people, but James and Carla are doing the most. And again, I think, I think it just comes down to how it's shown because on the show, James is more soft-spoken. He's more kind of um, observant in terms of like, okay, Ellie, I, I don't, I just don't trust her for some reason. And he trusts his gut and he's correct. But I think Ellie has said in the game and also in post-game interviews, like the reason why they were targeting James is because they perceived James to be kind of like the leader of Coco or they thought James was in the best spot of Coco. So I just think it's interesting how it's portrayed for them. I think you could, yeah. I think that based on what we saw in 41 and 42, you could make an argument that James and Cassidy are potentially in the best position out of anybody in the game right now. And I know they got votes, right? But when I say that, it's like, all right, in Survivor 41 and 42, right? You look at what happens in uh, 41, right? So it looked like, you know, Shannon, you know, ultimately Erica, who won, she was always voted the right way. She was always in on what was happening, but she was never the person that was seen as in charge. Okay. And then eventually the big dogs that everybody thought were going to win get picked off. And all of a sudden she emerges sitting next to the right people, tribal council last season, Marianne and Omar Omer were in the correct Alliance. Omer was running the show the only person that really knew Omer was running the show, at least basically no one knew it for a while. Right. And then Marianne, who had been on the same, who had been on the orange tribe with him from the start, she'd been working with him. She realized this was my opportunity to get out Omer. She struck at the right time. And all of a sudden she's in the perfect spot. She ends up winning the game. I'm wondering, especially with the news that's going to come out soon, I would think of Carla's idol I'm wondering if Carla could potentially be the Omer of the season and either James or Cassidy could be the, you know, the, the one that ends up getting to the end out of it. Now, obviously they still have to beat whoever's sitting next to them, but is it the right place to be, to be the person who is making the moves, but not seen as making the moves? Like, I, I think it's the right move, you know, to, you know, I, I mean, this is, this has always been correct for Survivor in some way. I'm just comparing it to the last two seasons. It's like, you want to be the person who is making the moves, but not seen as making the moves, right? And I think that that's where James and Cassidy are right now, I think. It, we know for sure James, Cassidy to a lesser extent, but Cassidy, I think, is definitely skied up for me in terms of, like, potential, I should say. Yeah, I mean, 41 and 42 have told us that we really can't, we can't read the edit anymore. Like, we have no idea what's going to happen, and you could make the assumption that the same thing is going to happen, that somebody who is not more of a front runner, like a James or a, or a Cassidy, you know, when you compare them to like a Carla, they could win. Now, again, that just could be editing as well. Like, I mean, for all we know, Carla could keep it under wraps. Carla could kind of keep it like under, she, she could be like the new school Kim Spradlin. And I'm, and I'm not comparing Carla to Kim yet. That obviously is way too soon with Kim being one of the greatest players ever, but like, some people have the ability to just be in control without people realizing it and just still riding it to the end and winning. Like that could still happen in the new era. It just comes down to, does your game get exposed and do you basically get people to turn against you? Cause 
if 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 it gets to the final six and or final seven and Carla's outed as like the biggest threat, but James and Cassidy are so loyal that they will not turn on her, it doesn't matter. She's gonna win. It comes down to do you manage your threat level where people around you still want to bring you to the end as well. And I think Carla still could win. And I think that even though people are saying, well, you know, oh well, Erica won and Marianne won, so you know, it's not not the greatest players of their seasons, but I still feel like you can get a, uh, a really great winner that was more in the forefront. And keep in mind as well, this group did not see Marianne win, but they saw Erica win. So in their minds, the most recent winner of the game was somebody who was more in the shadows and then emerged at the very end. So I guarantee you, this group is not discounting. Um, this this group is not discounting anyone left except for Gabler, maybe. But yeah, and and like you know, people are saying you don't really know what the editors are. Saying. We we could not have if you told us at this point in forty in forty one when there were twelve people left, Erica's winning the season. We would have died laughing on this podcast. We would have said, "Are you kidding me? We don't, we barely even know who Erica is, and she's going to win this season." If you told me at this point last season. Uh, when there are 12 people left that Marianne was going to win, I would have said to you, Marianne is getting the edit of somebody who's a great character and has no strategic game whatsoever. And the next thing you know, she comes on and becomes a huge strategist later in the game, makes the biggest move and perfectly plays the final seven and wins the game. Right? So I think, you know, it's so hard. I, I will, I will say that, you know what? I'll say this. I'll say it's impossible to read the season long edit these days. Yep. The only thing that is guaranteed with the edit is that when you say you are good at survivor and getting good at it and feel like you're confident, goodbye. That's the only thing that's consistent. <laughs> Ellie, Ellie, we knew she was going home from the edit. Uh, the rest has been pretty unpredictable in the last few seasons. I just, I, I almost feel bad for Ellie because you, I, I feel like she's more self-aware than that. I feel like the producers probably were like, so how do you feel in this game? Do you feel good? Do you feel like you're doing better? Like I, I they could not pay me enough to give them a sound bite where it's like, <laughs> um, I'm running this game. I'm in a great spot. I, I'm the head honcho. You could not pay me enough. I basically, if they ever said to me in confessional, okay, Ryan, how are you feeling in this game? How are you doing? I'm going to say, I'm doing fine. I'm doing decent. I, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm I feel good. I'm okay. I, I am not going to give them any inclination that i'm in a great spot i'm running things no way because all it takes is for you to have an episode and they're just gonna ham it up and then people like us in the podcast are gonna go look at that idiot who thought he was running the game and he got bored uh-huh. of that uh so i mean yeah and also the last thing i'll say about um you know the edit and possibly winners before we get to like the last thing in the episode quickly before we get to questions is um I think the problem with Erica and 41 is that they just, I just think it was not a good edited season. Like what, like whether or not you like the cast or not, people are very split on 41. A lot more people like 42 so far. And I think people are still liking 43 a good amount. I just think they did not edit that cast right where it was. And I think Dylan, because the problem was the green tribe, Ua just kept losing. So we got the whole Shannon Ricard show. Then we got a little, then obviously we got a good amount of Xander as like our, as like the audience favorite in some ways, right? I mean, you have like Deshaun and Danny and whatnot. Heather and Erica, and you could argue like, um, I mean, the Sierra got some screen time, but like, like I mean, Heather and Erica got very little screen time, and even Danny did not get screen time until the last few episodes. So they just did not showcase those people enough. If they showed Erica more, people would be less upset. I think Marianne they did a better job showing her game, even though she was more of a character. They showed more and more of her game, and then it made sense. I think in this season, Dylan, I would argue, despite this cast being more chaotic and less strategic, I would argue we know each of these players extremely well. I mean, I think I could tell you a good amount about each of them, maybe the least about Cassidy or maybe the least about um, Dwight. But I could think about moments in the game and I could think about what they've done in the game or how Cassidy handled the vote, how Dwight handled the vote. I think this cast is more even keeled. So that way, if one of them won, except Gabler, I feel like I could at least get to that point better. I, I do. That makes sense. I, I do feel like I know a lot about everybody on the cast right now. So I think we're in a good spot. Um, anything else you want to go over before we get to questions? Yeah. The last thing I want to mention is um, we kind of referenced it earlier, but just, just the confrontation between Gabler and Ellie was so funny because they, they clearly at this point, cannot trust each other gone are the days where they were bonding over metal music like at this point they are gonna go go for each other gabler's gonna vote for ellie no matter what 
And I have to give Sammy credit here because Ellie goes to Sammy and Owen and Sammy's like, well, I'm so pissed at Gabler for running his mouth and I can't trust him at all because now my game could be in jeopardy because people could think I'm playing the middle. But Sammy's smart enough to realize, you know what? I really can't trust Ellie going forward considering how shifty she was on Baca. And if she's already a little bit sus that Gabler found this out, what is she going to think about my game down the road? And she might look at me as we get towards the end game. So maybe Ellie should go home tonight. So I have to give Sammy some credit here as well. I mean, obviously we've been singing Carla and James praises and I love Carla and James and Jesse's been good early on, but Sammy as well has been, has been pretty good as well. Shout, shout out Sammy, who I think is doing a really good job. Uh, the, 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 cla- the classic uh, Russell Hant strategy, which is it once, you know, and I think that's what, that's what Russell Hant did so well, right? It's like once a player even like, throughout his name goodbye right it's like it's like as soon as like somebody caught on to what russell was doing he would vote them out right away and this is like sammy was like well wait ellie knows ellie has dirt on me now now she has to go so that other people don't find out that right i mean that's happened that's happened a couple times this season that happened when um that happened in episode two when justine was like Jesse, can I trust you? And you know, Jesse, I'm not sure if I can trust you. Je- Jesse's like, nope, nope, shut it down. Right. <laughs> shut it right. down. Right. So you're, you're right. I mean, the minute your name is mentioned, it's like, even if you don't go for them that night, and, and even if you're like, okay, well, they can help me in the short term, you're never going to forget that. And it will, like, and also, again, I referenced it. I said, um, it happened with Jesse and Justine. And I said this on a podcast when you weren't here. I said, this happened in Winners at War. The minute Danny was like, Danny Boatwright was like, I don't know if I can trust Boston Rob. Like the minute you do that, no matter they will never fully trust you again. So it's it's, it's a dangerous spot. Right, I agree with that. But uh, let let's get to some questions here. Um, let's see if we got anything in the chat. Um, scrolling through. Oh, while you're looking while you're looking for um, while you're looking for questions, Kavania has a funny comment here that I've been seeing. Where not this exact comment, but somebody's like, "Sammy sounds like a robot." Sammy just always has the same pose in confessionals. Have you seen Sammy in confessionals? He's always like this. He's always, always, (laughs) he's doing like the Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. He always has his hands like this and he's always leaning. So Sammy is always leaning and he's always like this in confessionals. (laughs) Always. Uh, Yeah, that is pretty, I'm a big fan of Sammy. I think he's, he's great. Even if you like, I, I don't know, I don't know if he ends up winning. I mean, he could. Um, but like, he just, he's a great character in addition to, I think a very smart player. So I'm happy to see it. Um, um, the comment that I pulled up while we're looking for questions was from Jay. Now I wouldn't like this, but at least it would make more sense. Maybe the reason why they wanted to have these beadware advantages all the same is that if someone has knowledge as power, that makes it pretty easy to do. And now granted, I'm not going to accuse CBS of wanting their twist to work. But I'm not not saying that they want this twist <laughs> to work because after Liana, Liana strikes out with it, Drea strikes out with it both times. It's like, hey, do you have an idol? No. I you want you want they you know they want it to work. So if you have beware advantages, and let's just say Janine had the knowledge as power, or who had it but went home with it? Geo. Who had it? Geo. Like if Geo found out about Cody's idol, you know that they want him to say. Cody, I know you have it because Noel revealed that's why you, you were grabbing beads. So it's like you, this this makes sense to me, this theory. I agree with that. And that's actually a great point that I didn't think of. But yeah, that could easily be the case. Now we have a question from Christian here who says, just curious, there's only four women remaining. Uh that would be in the final 12 here. Do you think uh the females have been too aggressive with gameplay this early? Uh do I think that the women have been too aggressive with gameplay this early, which is why that there's only four left? Mm. I don't know if that's the reason. I like I, I don't think that I don't think that there are four women left because they have either been a too like I just think that sometimes like the game plays out how it plays out, right? Like if you think about how how each how each person went home, it was like, all right, the first out was Mariah. Right. She kind of, it was like the first, it was the first vote of the season. She got voted out because they wanted to stay strong in challenges. Um, 
and they thought that she was the weakest member. And then they ended up going on to win every single challenge from there on out. So I guess you could say they quote unquote made the right move if that, if that was what they wanted. Right. And then the next one was Justine out and right. And we exactly pointed out why she went home. It was like, she wasn't necessarily too aggressive. She just told, she just made a bad move and told Jesse, she was a good liar. Um, like a bunch of, a bunch of weird stuff. She got voted out. Uh, Ellie was all over the place. I wouldn't exactly call her aggressive. She was more overconfident. Um, so again, I, I think it just, it comes down to just the individual players and the self interests of the, individual tribes i i don't necessarily think that they were voted out because they were too aggressive i think it was just the way that this game happened to play out this season yeah no i wouldn't say they i wouldn't say um they were aggressive i i think you're right it's a case-by-case basis you know um you know like Lindsay's, you could chalk you could chalk up to her getting a little paranoid ellie's you could chalk it up to being a little overconfident um neca they just wanted to stay stronger in challenges Mer- the Mariah one still gets me because they wanted to stay strong in challenges and they did win, but Mariah wasn't the reason they lost that challenge. And Janine actually struggled more than Mariah did. So it's like, I don't think you can, we can say that. I just think it comes down to case by case basis. And unfortunately I think people are saying in a season where you have tribes of three tribes of six or three tribes, I think because of the let's keep strong mentality, you might unfortunately lead to more females getting voted out. Whereas if you have tribes of nine or 10, like two tribes, that's, it's it's a lot easier to hide. It's a lot easier to kind of save yourself in that way. When it's six people and you make even one mistake, especially on day one or like before the first challenge, like it's really bad look. So it's tough. I mean, I I would need to go back and look at the stats. I can't remember the last time, maybe it was in Panama. Maybe it was in, um, Gabon. I would need to look back at the last time we've had the first, the first five of six people have been females. I would need to go back and look at that. That's that's pretty crazy. We have four women left. Right. Uh, all right. I believe this is the last question. We have two of the same here. So I'll throw up Jay's question here. He says, "Quote: Do you think that the advantage in the preview for the next episode is the knowledge's power?" Oh God. Here's what here's what I have to say to that. If somehow next week we end up with the knowledge of power being put back into play after being eliminated, it's like this. Then it would be like the CBS producers are literally sitting there with like a button knowledge of power, knowledge of power, knowledge of power. And they just like, they want it to work so bad. Like give us something different. Nobody likes this, this advantage. It might not ever work. Um, And if it does work, all right somebody's going to unfairly take their, get their advantage taken. And, and when I say unfairly, I think it's a, I don't think it's a good advantage. So that's what I mean. Unfairly. So look, I hope it's not that. Um, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what it could be. I don't even want to, I'm, I'm going to say that it's probably not an idol. They're not going to put another idol into play. So maybe it's another steal a vote or maybe it's uh, uh maybe it is an knowledge. I hope it's, I really hope it's not a knowledge power. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. Um, either I haven't been watching or I haven't been um, paying attention, but I feel like this season, I just don't remember what the pre- previews are anymore. So I, I actually completely forgot that we we may have an advantage next episode. If they're hyping it up, it could be knowledge's power again, but I have an idea of what it could be. I'm going to give this as my official prediction. Okay. I'm going to say that uh, it's not a knowledge's power because I don't think they're going to force that on again. I think it's going to be, I think that what now, what is something that you have to think that you have to think about this year? What is something that is not an, is not an, a stealing advantage, but could counteract an advantage. And that's an idle nullifier, right? I could easily, uh... I, I could see, I could see with four or three idols being in the game, whatever it is, I guess it's three idols now because Gabler's is gone. I could see, I could see it being like, uh, an idle nullifier or like a vote nullifier, right? Like you could like pick somebody not to vote. That, that, that's fine. I mean, if you have to tell me to pick between an idle nullifier and a, uh, and analogous power, I'm going to be besides myself because one tells people you cannot lie in the game of survivor. And the other one takes the idea of if you have immunity, you can't go home and throws that out the window. So I, I hate both. If I had to pick one, I would pick the nullifier because I think knowledge is power is stupid that you're not allowed to lie in the game of right. Survivor. So I mean, I, I don't know. You, you still have to, you still have to play it right. Right. 
So yeah, so I, I hope it's neither. I I will be pessimistic and I will say it's the knowledge is power. But if it's a steal a vote, it's an extra vote. If it's like you said that we saw in Triple H, it's a advantage where you can block somebody from voting like Devin. That's fine too. Any one of those, I'm okay. Or if you want to do like an advantage menu, fine, do that. Just don't give me a nullifier and don't give me a knowledge is power. That's all I want because the season's been good so far. And and you want to know why the season has been getting better? We started out a little slow because we had a lot of backstories and we had some, um, you know, a lot of advantages. It's again, I don't know why CBS can't figure this out. The best episodes in the new era are the ones that have no advantages or less advantages mentioned, no backstories, no flashbacks. It's just classic Survivor, and it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that the best two episodes of the season have been this episode and the Lindsay Blindside. Those have been the best two of the season. So if you throw in these advantages, you're just going to make it worse. So just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. No, I do agree with you, but oh. uh, I think that is all we – uh, whatever happened to tokens? Uh, Listen, Jeff, gone. <laughs> Jeff Probst went to Mike White and said, hey, Mike White, you told me that Redemption Island wasn't fun anymore and we got rid of it. Should we do tokens again? And Mike White was like, but is it fun? Survivor should be fun. And Jeff's like, yes, no more tokens. We need to do 26 days and earn the merge and hourglasses. So the reason why we don't have the tokens is due to Mike White, basically. Yep. Uh, I think that's all we got for tonight, but, uh, I believe, and once again, just want to thank everyone for watching live. If you're watching, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel. If you aren't already really helps us out, follow us on all socials. Um, and yeah, I think that's all. We'll probably be back on Thursday next week again. Um, but we'll keep you guys posted about that. And yeah, that's all we got. All right. We have survived mergatory and we are at the merge. So now that Dylan, we are at the final 12. We had nothing else for you, so grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.